sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. This is the second hour of our daily show, noon to 2 Eastern, every day here on Sports Grid and SportsGrid.com. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia, two hours of previewing the day ahead in fantasy, which would include, of course, tonight's Monday Night Football game between the New Orleans Saints and the Los Angeles Chargers. And tonight, Joe, the Saints will probably not have their best player on the field unless they decide to certainly reverse course, which they could do. But as of right now, uh, their best player sitting out tonight. Yeah, Michael Thomas got in an altercation earlier this week with a teammate. And uh, I look, it seems like a lot of frustrations are boiling over. Michael Thomas is one of the hardest working guys. Actually, uh, was on a show where we got to interview him on this very network a few years ago. He was a fantastic guy and uh, seemed like just really had his head on his shoulders. This was back in his rookie year. And I will say this, like I want Michael Thomas back on the field as a football fan. First and foremost, not just from fantasy, just as a football fan. The Saints are better. Football is better when Michael Thomas is on the field. Uh, I hope they reverse course because I think if you're New Orleans and Michael Thomas is healthy enough to play, you put him out there. But I understand and I respect Sean Payton's decision, which is if you are going to go against team rules and you're going to pay the consequences for them, it's tough, Greg, because I always feel like there's always the set of rules for everybody and then the set of rules for your superstars. And a lot of coaches coach like that. Do you think that Sean Payton is coaching the right way in the circumstances of where the Saints are in 2020. Yeah, and, and I think that, look, it's interesting to see for sure. I know that it hurts fantasy a lot, and I think that he'll have to bounce back, and he has not given you the promise of the first-round pick in fantasy, but what else can you do this year? A lot of guys have not. All right, let's look at our headlines for today. No Thomas tonight versus the Chargers. We'll start there. We got 407 first pitch between the Astros and Rays, game two. Max Fried, Walker Bueller, they are the game one starters tonight as they square off in the National League Championship Series. The NFL is adjusting their schedule for eight teams moving forward, which would include the Denver Broncos and New England Patriots. The good news is, as of now, the Patriots have had no positive tests, but they just had their bye basically this past week without even knowing it. NFL uh, Major League Baseball, excuse me, Hall of Famer Joe Morgan passes away at the age of 77. And perhaps the biggest surprise of the day on the field with baseball is that the Chicago White Sox have decided to move on from manager Rick Renteria. They're saying it's mutual, but why would Rick Renteria mutually leave a really good situation with the White Sox? Of course, he was let go by the Cubs before they ended up hiring Joe Madden. He took them to a World Series. So, uh, there's some reports basically saying at least rumors about his bullpen management against the A's, but man, that's a really tough go of it. Two different times for Rick Renteria, Joe in Chicago on the verge of a really good team and even made the postseason and not, not mm. coming back next year. Surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of strange. I mean, this, uh, to me, the White Sox did exactly what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to get in the playoffs. They were supposed to have a good season offensively. You're supposed to develop some of these young pitchers and they have, 
I, I don't understand this, but look, we don't know the inner workings of organizations. Who doesn't like who? Who's getting not getting along? Whose voices are being heard and not heard? So there's always the inner politics, as you know, probably better than anybody in every professional sports locker room. So I'm guessing we're chalking this one up to some sort of politics between him, the players, him, and other people in the organization. And that can be my only guess because if I'm looking at the results, the results of 2020 were pretty good. I thought Rick Renteria did exactly what he was supposed to do. I don't think any of us thought that he was going to get this team to the World Series this year. And with all things considered, with the 60-game season, the White Sox were pretty darn good. They were a very competitive team. They were a playoff team. They were a team that was right there at the top of this division with all these other teams that were pretty good as well. The Minnesota Twins, obviously, and, and uh, the Cleveland Indians who had great pitching. So, I don't know. This was a little out of nowhere for me. But then again... There's always those things that we don't know that are going on in these organizations and going on with these teams. And Craig, I can only chalk it up to that's the reason they're moving on. I guess the question is, when you're looking at some of these vacancies or more vacancies coming in Major League Baseball eventually here, this is a really appealing job. I mean, you got a lawyer Menes, Luis Robert, you got a Brayu under contract for a couple of years, you got a young ace in Giolito. Man, I don't know about you, but I would certainly like to manage the White Sox for a couple of years. It seems like a good place to be. Yeah. And and I think the names that you're gonna hear. And again, the, the White Sox may have somebody in mind, and maybe they just promote somebody from within, and that's possible. But I think that both Alex Cora and A.J. Hinch are going to end up managing again this year. And and why wouldn't either of them want to manage there? I mean, it's possible Cora just goes back to Boston, which I think that most people are assuming will happen. But you're right. It is a really easy spot to just walk in and win immediately. But I'm not sure which way the White Sox will go at this point, Joe. But uh, look, I, I think Hinch, even even though it ended really bad for him in Houston, this would be an absolute perfect spot. He just would walk in there and maybe even mm-hmm. potentially win an American League championship. Fun question for you. Which is the more appealing job in Chicago for the next couple of years? The Chicago Cubs job? Or the Chicago oh, the White Sox, without a doubt. Yeah, I not agree. even close. I agree. Yeah, uh, hey, close. I'm just, just throwing it out there. Both were in the playoffs. Just throwing it out there. You know, you got some bigger, you know, some big names over there. The Cubs, I know there's some turnover coming soon, but it's something to really be, you know, sitting back and astounding because the Southsiders look like they are, at least on paper, the team in the next five years that is going to have a better success rate. And the the Cubs are looking like the team that are going to start churning over some of that roster from those championship years. So, and they already have, that's that's basically it already. So, yeah, a surprising uh, move today, but a very viable opening, certainly. And uh, if I'm Cora, that's what I'd want to be. What a great spot for him. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, we got to take a quick break here. We'll get back to our fantasy football discussion, and we'll start diving into some more of the game capsules. Who did what in fantasy? Speaking of which, the Arizona Cardinals haven't looked good the last couple of weeks, but they get a lot healthier on a trip to New York that almost didn't happen right up until Saturday. But it ended up happening, a good thing for the Cardinals and good thing for your fantasy teams. We'll dive into that next when we return here on Fantasy Sports Today, so make sure you stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid, and also go to SportsGrid.com for all the latest news and information with us here. We'll be back with more FST right after this quick break. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
There was almost no game between the Arizona Cardinals and New York Jets with a positive test that actually was negative on uh, the New York Jets side. And the good news for the Cardinals is the game went on. And as the game went on on Sunday, it was pretty clear that it was a one-sided affair almost from start to finish here. Let's take a look at the Arizona Cardinals game capsule and who did what in fantasy for you. Kyler Murray, 380 passing yards. Also 31 rushing yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Kenyon Drake ended up getting in the end zone in this one. 18 carries, 60 yards, one reception for two yards there. Chase Edmonds had a nice long rushing touchdown early on in the game and didn't, didn't factor in much of the rest of the game. Maybe this will be a split. We'll have to see. Three carries, 36 yards, five receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, big bounce back game, six catches, 131, and a touchdown for him. And also Christian Kirk had five through the air, 78 yards as the Cardinals end up putting four touchdowns on the board on the Jets. Now, moving over to the side of the Jets, it wasn't pretty, but not unexpected. Joe Flacco, 18 for 33, 195 passing yards, also 20 rushing yards and a touchdown. Le'Veon Bell, 13 carries for 60, one reception for seven. And then Jamison Crowder has been the one stalwart in fantasy on the Jets this year. You can just simply play them in a PPR league every week, eight receptions, 116, and a touchdown. And, and look, the Jets would probably, Joe, be better served to get to this deadline and trade Crowder and see if they could get something back for yeah. him because he's great. He's uh, he's he really good. And, and the, Jets, the Jets aren't winning games, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, and, and I'm not going to put too much into Arizona in this one. I'm going to need to see one more game from them because I've, I, I watch all their games very closely. I have some fantasy stuff and, of course, with the wagering. And, um, look, you can only play who's on the schedule. That's the cliche. That's also the truth. And if teams mm -hmm. are just going to get healthy playing against the Jets, that's perfectly fine. But I'm going to need to see them do this two weeks in a row before I'm back thinking that they're good. And, and on the Jets side, it's just – you know, what can you say? It's just instant fade, instant play everybody against them in fantasy. And it's just uh, the worst team in the league. I mean, that's all there is. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the worst roster coming into the season. So I don't know why this was shocking or surprising to anybody. It shouldn't have been because if you look up and down this roster and we're talking, you know, on the defensive front or the offensive front, I mean, you know, just across the board, it was not a good roster. There was not a lot of talent here. And then we added Adam Gase on top of it. Things were not going to get better anytime soon. Uh, my Two of my favorite words here to describe uh, Mr. Crowder is matchup proof. And that's what he is right now. And I'll tell you what, if you are a team right now that's kicking the tires on a wide receiver and a trade potentially, do you want Julio Jones with a big contract and a lot of money and some injury risk? Or do you want Jameson Crowder, who's matchup proof and a lot cheaper <laughs> and, and maybe just maybe possibly, you know, more effective here because of the injury scenario with Julio Jones or A.J. Green, another guy that's probably going to be on the block coming up very soon. So Crowder might be the number one wide receiver on the trade block going forward. And that's kind of funny to say because the other two guys we're talking about are all pro style wide receivers and Crowder's not in that same conversation, but he's healthy and he's been very productive, too. It's good to see Le'Veon Bell back out on the field for fantasy owners. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I, I agree with you. I don't want to start doing victory laps and saying, oh, yes, the Cardinals are back because they beat the Jets. Because as good as they looked in that first game or two of the season, this is how confused they look in the next two. So it was good to get back on track. Hopefully they will. Uh, if Chase Edmonds can give you a line similar to this where he's catching five balls for 50 and maybe 30 yards rushing, 
that's a pretty good flex spot running back in a PPR right there. I'm just saying going forward for the next couple weeks with the bye weeks happening, Chase Edmonds is going to be a viable piece in fantasy for the next five, six weeks if he can get somewhere close to that stat line. And I think it's achievable. Kenyon Drake has not run away with that gig. I was hoping he would. He has not. I think all fantasy owners of Drake right now are stuck because you can't really sell him because you're not going to get a lot. So you have to ride this wave. I think the best thing for you to do, Try somehow to get Chase Edmonds on your roster if you can via trade because at least if you have all of this backfield, should an injury happen to Kenyon Drake, at least you have clarity and you've seen Edmonds be good in this offense last year and have some big games. So I think that that at least in your mind, not only do you have insurance, but you might also have a flex running back here in Edmonds for a few weeks too when during the bye weeks because he's pretty good. I mean, Chase Edmonds, once again, you know, we keep sitting back here and we look at Kenyon Drake's stat log and we look at Chase Edmonds and who's making the most of their opportunities. And I feel like Edmonds is at least making the most of the opportunities he's been given so far. Yeah, and he did last year too when they brought Drake yeah. in and that ended him. Uh, I own Edmonds and, and waiting for something to happen here. I don't know that I can play him yet, but this was definitely a good matchup for him. We'll just have to see how Arizona handles it going forward. I still think Drake, again, is the goal line guy. Uh, okay, Dallas and New York. So there's a ton of fantasy ramifications from this game, clearly, because the bigger story was not even the, the Cowboys winning. It was Dak Prescott getting hurt and having surgery last night, and he's not going to be back this year. So Andy Dalton comes in, and once upon a time, Andy Dalton was a viable starter in fantasy. Not a top-end one, but he was a starter, and he did look good yesterday. 9 for 11, 111 yards. Zeke Elliott, two more touchdowns for him. He's been the one guy at the top of the fantasy drafts this year that has paid off. Cooper was in and out of the game, kept having to leave with injuries. CeeDee Lamb's been fantastic. And then Michael Gallup had four receptions for 73 yards. Now, on the side of the Giants, they were sort of able to take a little advantage of Dallas's defense with Jones having 222 yards, but really not good enough. Freeman 17 for 60. It's Devonta Freeman with a touchdown, his best game since he's joined the Giants. Darius Slayton, eight for 129. And Evan Ingram, only one catch. Golden Tate, four for 42. The Giants will probably go back to what they were, I would think, after this week. So the Cowboys is the bigger question here, Joe, at this point. No one really knows for sure how this is going to look. My guess is Andy Dalton's going to be a hot pickup off the fantasy wire this week because, simply put, if their defense is that bad, there's a lot of points to be had. He's not as good as Dak Prescott. I mean, no one's going to say that. Mm. But I, I think the worry would have to be if you own uh, Cooper and if you own Lamb and if you own Schultz and if you own Gallup, what kind of production you'll be getting the rest of the way. And I think that that has to be unclear at this point. I think everyone hopes that it'll be close or as good as it was with Prescott. And I'm just not sure that it will be. Well, we don't know the answer to that yet. And we're going to find out real quick. Uh, I don't think Andy Dalton's ever had a compliment of weapons, anything close to this with his days in Cincinnati. The question is what's left in the Andy Dalton tank. And we're going to find out the one guy who looked really good with Andy Dalton in this last game at the end of the game was Michael Gallup, who came down with two huge catches in that drive that ended up winning that field goal that, that, uh, that last uh, drive there for them. But I I'll say this, you know, I think you have to at least be, Grateful that you have a backup quarterback that has the experience level of Andy Dalton and the professionalism of Andy Dalton because a lot of teams have a huge downgrade. And yes, Dak Prescott to Andy Dalton is a big downgrade, but it's not nearly as substantial as some other teams might have as their backup quarterback situation. So uh, it's good to see Ezekiel Elliott having a great game. It's certainly good to see C.D. Lamb continuing to grow as a wide receiver. And uh, the way we're talking about D.K. Metcalf now and Calvin Ridley now, 
the way we talked about Chris Godwin last year, I feel like next year is going to be CeeDee Lamb. That's going to be the guy who's going to jump from that number two, 1A, to a true number one. And look, the only thing I could say to the Dallas Cowboys right now, too, is, you know, if you think the defense has been bad, it could possibly get worse. Because if Andy Dalton does struggle, that's going to put more pressure on them. It's one thing with Dak Prescott, who can score all these points and do all this stuff. But the Giants, who turned the ball over a ton, I mean, this was 14 fumbles already for Daniel Jones in his career. Just a terrible job of protecting the football for him. You cannot win games that way, unfortunately. And if the Giants are going to put 30 up on you at home, Man, I can't imagine what's going to go forward for the Dallas Cowboys, Craig. It's kind of scary here. And, and for the Giants, it's good to see Darius Slayton have a good game. Ingram was a huge disappointment. They had some trick plays. Some worked, some did not, unfortunately, for the Giants. Uh, they definitely could have won this football game. They probably should have won this football game. But yet again, here we are with the Giants also winless on the year along with the Jets. So this is a tough segment here for New York football, Craig. It is, but the Giants make you money every week. I mean, they, they keep, they keep <laughs> covering. Right. They cover. So, <laughs> they you know, do. They keep covering, and that's that's really in the end what what matters here. Uh, I, I think Elliott will be fine and probably be leaned on more. So I think that his volume Maybe. will be the same, if not better. But yeah, I, I do have. I, I think my biggest worry is Schultz because that's the one guy that looked so good with Prescott, and now you know a new quarterback in Dalton who. I mean, going back through well, the Dalton years, had a good tight end with Eifert. Well, Eifert yeah, scored really? a ton of touchdowns. Well, well, hold on. I'm not saying Eifert was great. I'm saying go back and look at the game log of Eifert catching touchdowns. If he looks for the tight end in the red zone, that's not a negative for Schultz. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. But I mean, what, what, that was like six years ago. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> to have Schultz to be able to use Schultz. I'm just not sure that I'll be able to going forward. So we'll see. Okay, we'll continue our look at the Fantasy Week. We return next year on Fantasy Sports Today, so make sure you stay on the grid. We'll be right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. And, you know, I got to have a correction earlier in the show. I said that the biggest upset of the week was the Raiders going into Kansas City and winning and nothing was even close. I'd like to eliminate that last segment because there was a game that was close this week. What in the world with the Miami Dolphins, a team that could only muster four field goals last week against Seattle, somehow takes out the San Francisco 49ers defense. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who threw two interceptions last week, and and again, people are asking about Tua playing. Guess what? I, I mean, I don't even know if Tua's going to get back in there this year, honestly, with the way Fitzpatrick played yesterday. That's the thing with him. It just You just don't know if he's going to do what he did this past week or if he's going to do what he did two weeks ago. And I am being facetious. I do think Tua will play, Joe, but... But there is no if, if Fitzpatrick does this two out of every three weeks, Tua will not play a single game this season. None. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, that's that. Maybe that's not a hot take. But this was certainly a, a shock. I, I think it's more surprising for the reigning defending champions of the world to lose in their building to the Raiders than this game was because the the San Francisco 49ers are having some issues with health and um you know you you can chalk it up to maybe Jimmy G wasn't healthy enough to go out there but regardless he got pulled he did not look good he was throwing picks i mean my worst fears that i always talk about that everybody dismisses always with Jimmy Garoppolo all came true 
uh, yesterday. And I think this has always been my thing with the 49ers is he got on a good run. The offense got on a good run there with Raheem Mostert. And I just felt like it was just one of those things where it was finite. I didn't see it like all of a sudden rolling into this year. And we'll see if they can rebound from this. But right now, the quarterback play in the last two weeks between C.J. Beathard, between Nick Mullins and Jimmy Garoppolo, Craig, that's not the kind of quarterback play that's going to win you football games with the 49ers. And with injuries to that defense, with Bosa and a couple other pieces out, the secondary has been exposed a little bit because when you don't get the same pressure on the quarterback that you used to get, what happens? All of a sudden, teams can throw on you a little bit more because they have more time in the pocket. So all the deficits that were there with you know Richard Sherman, who had lost a step, and a couple other guys out there that might not be as high rated on PFF scales and things like that, all of a sudden, when you don't have that same pass rush you had last year, they start to get exposed. And I think what you saw was Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins exposed that. Yeah, and Fitzpatrick had the game uh, that we that we've seen once every few. He just puts up three hundred and a couple touchdowns, and as you can see here, twenty two of twenty eight, three fifty three touchdowns. Miami had thirty one points at the half. I mean, consider that for a minute. <laughs> Miles Gaskin, sixteen carries, fifty seven yards in a touchdown, five receptions, thirty four yards for him. Brita even got involved a little bit in this one. Preston Williams showed up in this one. Wow, haven't seen him in a while. Four receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Devontae Parker scored. And then Mike Gusecki continues to deliver at the tight end position, working his way into a tight end one at the end of the football uh, season. Okay, now over the 49ers, yeah, it, it was a very bizarre scene to see them pull the plug on Jimmy Garoppolo. And, boy, that's that's going to lead to some questions moving forward for sure. Because C.J. Beathard, I've seen his story before, and C.J. Beathard is not a starter in the NFL, although Mullins didn't look like one two weeks ago. So, boy, what will the 49ers do moving forward? I'm not sure. We'll have to see this week. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, Raheem Mostert looked great in his return, and uh, 11 carries, 90 yards for him. Brandon Ayuk, three receptions, 44 yards. Kendrick Bourne, two receptions, 30 and a touchdown, and a very quiet day for George Kittle. Remember, if Beathard ends up playing, uh, Beathard and George Kittle went to college together. Uh, not that that should really matter, because Kittle was great with whatever quarterback he played with, but uh, just worth noting there. So we'll see what happens with the 49ers. Definitely now at this point, with the way that their quarterbacks are going, there has to be some concern there. But Garoppolo, <laughs> his overall numbers are good. And um, yeah, schedule is tough, though, Craig. Craig, next three games, before we move on to the next one, they play the Rams, the Patriots, and the Seahawks. Uh, and by the way, the Patriots and Seahawks on the road. So I'm just saying that schedule is pretty tough the next three weeks. Yeah, time. yeah we'll see. We'll see. All right, uh, now let's move on to the Browns and Indianapolis Colts. And the Cleveland Browns really showed up in a big way against Indy as Baker Mayfield didn't look great but did enough to win. 21 of 37, 247, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Kareem Hunt was the primary ball carrier in this one. It was not particularly close. 20 carries, 72 yards, three receptions for 21 yards. He made a great touchdown reception in the back of the end zone where he ran out of the backfield and, and Baker couldn't find anybody, and Hunt made a great catch there. Uh, Dearness Johnson was a non-factor. It was a disaster uh, for, for my leagues this week, um, but... I do have one possible lottery ticket coming, so hopefully that will be the case. But as of right now, it did not look good for Dearness Johnson. That's there's no doubt. Well, he uh, had Jarvis that one Landry. big run when he needed it. Just so you, you know, he did have that one big run where Hunt came out of the game, and it was a big moment in the game. So he looked good in that one. But like you said, the volume wasn't there for Johnson, and and I wouldn't expect no. it to be there next week either. After that, it might get better. The schedule gets better for him in terms of sharing carries. 
Jarvis Landry, four for 88. Odell Beckham Jr., five for 57. Rashard Higgins, three for 31. And Austin Hooper, five for 57. And so overall, with the Browns, the guys that you played, you pretty much did okay there. Uh, the the issue in the day in that game in this game was the Indianapolis Colts is Philip Rivers <laughs> and look there are thirty quarterbacks in the NFL right now and is Philip Rivers thirtieth out of thirty like really like, well maybe maybe Flacco would be worse based on that but I mean it is really getting bad uh, for the Colts and their quarterback position because Rivers was just giving this game away they had chances to stay in this one. Two more picks for him. Jonathan Taylor, 12 for 57 on the ground. He scored two receptions, 17 yards, and T.Y. Hilton, 6 for 69. And so the dynamic with the Colts is really interesting because this is one defense that is delivering every week. And this past week, it wasn't defense, Joe. It was a kick return for a touchdown. So mm-hmm. Colts defense slash special teams ends up getting you 6, 7, maybe even 10, 15 right. points. They're the one team in the NFL that I think that you play their defense and you play defenses against them. I think going forward because mm. the Colts are ne- never scoring 30 points in a game. It just doesn't oh. seem like that's going to happen. No. And Rivers, I mean, would they dare make a quarterback change at some point this year? I'm not sure. It, I don't think so. I, I don't. I think as long I don't as know they, they you keep know, going like this, I don't know either. But I don't know if the alternative is going to be better at this point. I don't. Maybe maybe you get to a point if you have a losing streak of three games, maybe you start to evaluate that. But you just look at that the slide every week. The slide for the Colts is like three guys, and last week it was barely like we kind of eked in Mo Ali Cox because he got a touchdown. But it is tough. It is sparse, and that tells you all you need to know from a fantasy perspective about the Indianapolis Colts. Is just every week on Fantasy Sports Today on Monday mornings when you get up there, you turn on your TV. By the time you get to the afternoon segment, we talk about the Colts. And you look and there's like two guys or three guys. That tells you everything you need to know about this Colts offense right now. Rivers has been terrible. Taylor's getting volume, but it's limited because Rivers' inability to move the chains. It just limits Taylor overall. I mean, he did have a touchdown this game. That's great. It was a decent game from Hilton. But look, the real story here is the Browns. Baker Mayfield did get banged up in this game. So keep an eye on that here and see if that arm is okay and what's going on with him as more news starts to filter in uh, today. But I'll tell you what, man, Browns are 4-1. It's the first time in 26 years they've gotten off to a start that good. Last time that was the case, Bill Belichick was coach a long time ago. Yeah. they're gonna. Ha- I think the Colts are going to have to make a, tra- a change at quarterback. I don't think that they can go through this all year, but we'll see. Uh, all right, let's close it out with Seattle and, uh, and Minnesota. And this was the Sunday night game for those of you who mm-hmm. were maybe watching baseball or basketball or anything else. Uh, Minnesota really should have won this game like four different times. They went up in this game and Seattle just kept coming back, kept coming back, kept coming back. And in the end, uh, it was a very key play at the end of the game that they did not get a fourth and one gave Seattle the ball back. I know a lot of people are questioning that, but honestly, if Madison gets six more inches on a carry, uh, the game is over and Minnesota wins. I don't, I don't really look at it as a bad call. Uh, All right. So so, uh, from Seattle, Russell Wilson with a game winning touchdown in the end to DK Metcalf. That was really the key to this one. He threw three touchdowns. He threw a bad interception, too. It almost gave away the game. Carson had a touchdown, 50 yards on the ground, and six receptions. He's been really good in fantasy this year. Metcalf's been a star, six for 93, two touchdowns. They target him over and over again, and he just keeps catching the ball every time. Lockett, four for 44. Uh, And now let's move over quickly to the Minnesota side of things, where Kirk Cousins 
threw for 249 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. But clearly the big story out of this game, and even in fantasy this week, is going to be the status of Dalvin Cook. Yet another first-round running back to go down. 17 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Five receptions, 24 yards. Madison, if he gets the play, is a beast. 112 yards, three receptions for him. Thielen, nine for 80, two, two scores. Jefferson, very quiet. Three for 23, or Smith Jr., four for 64. So look, this is this is the big story in fantasy because Madison is 100% owned. There's no reason to go to a waiver mm-hmm. wire. Everyone's doing the same thing. I did it. I have him in all the leagues I have. I have him in every league. So this right. is the lottery ticket that you take a shot on and you hope. there. There's no strategy to Alexander Madison. The strategy is you know that if he plays <laughs> and if he plays by himself, he's a top five running back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But... It's like, I hate to root against somebody being hurt. Essentially, that's what I have to do. I don't have Cook. I only have Madison. So it just comes down to, if both play, you probably can't play Madison. If Madison plays, you fire him up as an RB1. That's that's the end of the story. And we'll wait to see what happens with Cook. That's it. Well, we're getting an MRI on Cook, and it, and it was such a shame, too. This was a very entertaining football game, so if you missed this one because of the baseball or the basketball last night, you, you missed a really fun game. This was great uh, back and forth, too, with these two teams. And again, another Seattle game that goes right down to the last second, which is stunning. But Dalvin Cook, all those numbers were in the first half of this game. Just just take that into account for a second. That's how good he was in the first half. And Madison made the most of everything he was given in the second. He was given that same workload, and he played much better. Cousins has played better over the last couple weeks. There's no doubt about that. He did have the bad pick there. And that was the thing. It felt like this team was rolling. Then they came out for the second half there. Dalvin Cook got hurt in the beginning of the third quarter. Kirk Cousins threw a pick, and you could just feel the air go out of the balloon, and you just went, oh, no, here it comes again, and the Vikings did indeed lose this football game, and I'm with you. I would not kill Zimmer for the decision he made there. Uh, Look, DK Metcalf not only catching balls when it matters, but also catching those touchdowns when it matters, and that was the difference yet again here. Great win for the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, undefeated going into next week. Coming up next, it's fantasy or reality time. We'll talk about Dak Prescott, Anthony Davis, and our good friend Justin Bieber coming up next so make sure you stay on the grid we're back right after this sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid, and we're going to be looking at all of the potential waiver wire pickups coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday here on the show. So make sure you join us tomorrow for our program. Dr. Chow will be with us here to discuss everything going on as far as injuries are concerned, and we'll get you ready for Tuesday night football this week as we got a game tonight, Joe, and we probably, I say probably, maybe, I don't know, what is the word? Maybe, possibly have a game tomorrow night? I can't, I can't be I 100% know. certain until I kick off. It, uh, I No, and you shouldn't be 100% certain because no one's 100% certain until there's a kickoff, and even then, I'm skeptical. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the the changes that came down today from the schedule, I, I felt like, you know, in Austin Powers, when he's trying to explain time travel in the third movie, and he goes, oh, my yeah. God, I've just gone, I've gone cross-eyed. That's exactly what I felt like trying to read that. The Dolphins are going to move this game to here, and then the Jets are going to play them. And then on week six, they're going to take a bye, and they're going to take that bye and going to move it over to the next week. And then they're going to swap buys with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are then going to play uh, the LSU Tigers. And it's just crazy. Okay. Like, trying to understand and then make accounts for that. Like, I'm just trying to I, – I feel like everybody just needs to take a deep breath 
step away for a day and then come back on Tuesday and go, okay, now what's going on? And try not to get further than managing one week at a time. I feel like, you know, it is the oldest cliche in sports, but literally this year in fantasy, I'm begging you, all of you, take it one week at a time because I don't think you could get past one week at a time right now. It's almost like you're playing daily fantasy and your season long because you don't know who's playing, who's in, who's out, what games are going to happen. Try your best to get enough players active for next week. Oh yeah. And we're now in buys on top of that. Crazy. And, and and for the first time, I think, I mean, as far as I can ever remember for the first time in the history of fantasy football, and this is me playing for 30 years probably, uh, there are going to be teams that they're not going to know if they won or lost until Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. <laughs> That's true. First I didn't time even ever. think about that. You're right. It's going to drag on. You're like, well, I hope I have a decision on my game before the next week starts. That's what I You're want. You're going to have to put your waivers in before knowing if you won the previous week. And by the and another thing we're gonna we're talking about, I'm sure more tomorrow, depending on what the MRI comes back for Alvin Cook. You can add now him. I know Christian McCaffrey was like he's getting close, but McCaffrey, Saquon, Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams. That is half of the first round in your fantasy drafts that has missed significant time in this season. That is stunning. And we're only five weeks into the season. That is yeah. I, I mean, look, I know we've had oh, oh I'm sorry, and Nick did I say Nick Chubb? Nick no, Chubb. seven. Yeah, Chubb is the other one. Yeah. Seven right now. That that's yeah. how many were up. And, to. and Eckler was a second round pick too. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah. it's some people took him at the it, end of the first. We, we, so you've never seen anything him like this before. Nope. Yeah, nope. and, and Derrick Henry madness. hasn't played a lick. Oh, why? Yeah, and that's not even his fault. Like he can't get on the field because of the rest of his team. So you haven't had him either. So you're right. You could throw him in there. So that's nine. We can make up a first round. It's almost like the 2020 first round that wasn't. That's what it feels like right now. And I mean, football gives us a sense of normalcy, but fantasy has been anything but normal this year so far. It's been tough, man. Yeah, See, look, it's it's better to be lucky than good in twenty twenty in fantasy. That's just that's in, in every well, league I that think, you play in. I think if you, I think if you, this is the hard thing. It's like everybody's first round pick feels like it got obliterated. So the teams that I think are probably winning are the teams that went out and took shots on. Earmuffs, Kareem Hunt, uh, when took shots on DK Metcalf, took shots on Calvin Ridley. Those players that have stepped up who were later on, who weren't first-round draft picks, but have all stepped up and performed like first-round draft picks. I think that's the difference. And ironically, it's the teams that actually went early at quarterback, right? So a team that went and took Patrick Mahomes with a with a second-round pick or a third-round pick, probably they're still probably doing okay. Patrick Mahomes is putting up a lot of points. If you were aggressive on Aaron Rodgers, if you were aggressive on Russell Wilson, if you were aggressive on Dak up until now, if you actually faded some of the running backs and some wide receivers for a big-time quarterback, chances are you've been okay too. But now even Dak Prescott getting hurt. It has been rough, man. This is a rough yeah. five weeks. I, 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 don't, I don't – again, I, I think good luck this year for me. Look, yes, probably. I mean, I, I – there's a league that I'm no, playing it's, in. It's a combination, without a doubt. Look, I mean, it's it's not a hundred percent luck. I get it, but there's a league that I'm playing in, and it looks like we have zero chance whatsoever of winning. And then Metcalf has the big game last night, and I feel good that I took him, and I understand right. that. But I'm playing against the team that I have to wait till Tuesday night to see if this guy Brown is going to play or not. And so, am I lucky or am I good? You know, it's, uh, it's, and there's another guy too. I mean, you could chalk him up too. He's been hurt the entire year too. DJ Shark, another guy who was a highly thought of guy. I mean, the injuries to the top guys in our fantasy world this year, this early, I I don't want to say unprecedented because I feel like that is a word that's been grossly overused in 2020. 
but you've been doing this a long time. Is this feel unprecedented to you? I don't remember this many injuries to this many key players. This not to the first season. round, not to the first round. No, I don't. I don't remember no. it. No, not yeah. to the first round. So, but again, but it, it's it's not. It, I, I thought that it would get ravaged because of COVID. I just didn't think it would be injuries that would be as much a part of it. But there's no doubt that that anybody that owns Derrick Henry is like really upset. Like they just, I mean, right. it's like you can't, he's healthy he and they can't get productivity. Guy. Yeah. He's actually healthy and we can't get him to play. He's not on the COVID list. And on yeah, top of and that, and New England, I mean, in New England, look, I, every team is going to have COVID issues and, and I don't know that they were careful or not careful, but how is it fair that they just had their buy yesterday? Like, it's crazy. It's, it's just, it's a very tough year, I think for, for it. But again, they got to get through it just like baseball and baseball was a lot worse off for it to have the Marlins have to play 18 guys down and the Cardinals have to play 14 guys down. Yeah, they made the playoffs. So, so think about year. that. For all of you Titans fans that are doom and gloom right now, look at the Marlins and say, look, they had – I mean, how many people left that team for dead, right? Everybody. And they used it, and they came back with a vengeance. They played well despite you know being low down in terms of salaries and low down in terms of potential talent compared to some other teams in that division they made the playoffs so the titans fans right now should look to the marlins for inspiration ironically because there's a team that's basically in that same kind of scenario you have a lot of season left titans fans don't punt quite yet yep all right let's let's start off here fantasy reality our first statement of the day dak prescott has taken his last snap as a member of the dallas cowboys joe fantasy or reality (laughs) I hope this is a fantasy for Cowboys fans because not only is it a terrible way to go out, but who are you replacing him with? No, this is fantasy. Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. I, I, You know, this guy gets way too much heat. He is a good guy, and I think you saw yesterday the response of when he got hurt across sports, not even football people, just sports. People going, oh, my goodness. Everybody loves this guy, and it's not an accident, okay? He's performed outstanding on the field. The only thing against the Cowboys right now is that Dak Prescott couldn't play defensive end or, or cornerback or anything else or linebacker because the problems with the Cowboys is not scoring points. The problems is stopping the other team from scoring. I think they would be very wise to go and invest on him. I know he had the surgery late last night. We hope he's doing well. This is just it's a terrible set of circumstances. I think Dallas would be insane not to go after him. The only thing that I could think of, the one scenario that could play out is if the season completely tanks for the Cowboys and they get a shot at one of these rookie, you know, these up and coming young drafted quarterbacks, that might give you pause on this statement. But uh, look, at the end of the day, the Cowboys might be closer to that record than people realize, but I'm going to say fantasy. Dak is their guy. They just need to solidify this and move on. What do you think, Craig? It's very unknown because of the severity of the injury. If you told me that there was any chance that he couldn't play in any games in 2021, I would say reality. The Cowboys mm-hmm. are never going to be in a position to just sit and wait for players. I, I, they are always have to win, and they feel like they have to win. Uh, your point with the rookie quarterbacks is fair, although Lawrence, to me, is just so much head and, heads and tails above everybody else, and Dallas is, I don't think, going to have the first pick, and, and the Jets are like locking that thing in early here. So uh, I'm going to say... Um, reality. He's played his last game as a Cowboy. I think that some other team is going to view him on the uh, on the free agent market, and they're going to take that big shot monetarily. And I think Dallas, for for whatever reason, they chose not to pay him up until this point. And it would be a very interesting story, and we like interesting stories. I think that he's gone. I, I think that they... Uh, I, I think Dallas screwed up. Would love him. <laughs> I think, da- I think right? Dallas screwed up, and I think that they lose a bidding war to somebody else. I think somebody is going to just massively overpay. 
You think Indianapolis said, you know what, let's take Phil Rivers for one year and then let's see how things pan out. Maybe the Darnolds or Dax or maybe there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks you didn't think were on the market, potentially on the market going into next year. Do you think maybe this was a calculated risk that the Colts took here with Rivers? I think they got Andrew Luck coming back, no? <laughs> I don't think as much as I'd like to see the triumphant return of Captain Andrew Luck on Twitter, which was the greatest account ever. Um, no, I, I I don't see that happening, unfortunately. But you never know. It's anyway, I think Prescott's gone. I, I think he goes somewhere else. Uh, and and I and I think that I think Dallas I think Dallas is saying all the right things. I think they overplayed their hand. I think they should have signed him already. They should not have waited. <clears throat> Excuse mm-hmm. me. I think some other team jumps in, and and I think the dynamic of maybe him missing a couple games next year will make Dallas go, oh well, gosh, he's not even going to be there for a couple games. We got to move on. We'll see. Okay, Anthony Davis, fantasy reality. He won the NBA championship last night. That's a reality. But let's ask the question: Will he resign with the Lakers this off season? For this, basically, we're saying that he will. So, fantasy reality, true or false? Anthony Davis is back with LA next year. Uh, sure, reality. Why wouldn't you? If you're Anthony Davis, don't you want to play LeBron and defend the championship? I mean, geez, it's a big deal here. You get another ring on the fingers. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I would want to play with LeBron. <laughs> I don't care how old he is. It seems like a pretty good spot to be. You're playing for the Lakers. You're in L.A. I mean, this is a pretty good set of circumstances. I understand the bubble is not exactly your expectation, but uh, hopefully going forward at some point in time, they get back into their own buildings. But, Craig, I think it's reality. What do you think? I think it's reality, but after what Kawhi Leonard did, I don't think anything is a foregone conclusion anymore in the NBA because Kawhi Leonard had that opportunity too. He didn't do it and chose to basically go his own route with the Clippers. That didn't work out with him. Davis is not a sidekick. Davis is a superstar, and he's going to have to still kind of be in the shadow of LeBron as long as he's willing to do that. And by the way, at this stage, going in the next year with LeBron being, I think, 36 or 37, Anthony Davis is probably the better player. Uh, I'm going to say it is a reality that he will resign with the Lakers, but I mean, I'm done guessing with this NBA stuff because the NBA during the free agent season tends to be very dramatic and things happen that you never expect. And, and going to the Clippers for me, the way Kawhi did was not something that I saw coming at the time. All right. Finally, Justin Bieber, his new Crocs, drop tomorrow this is huge news these are going to be thousand dollar crocs everyone's going to want them (laughs) and and look we've all heard of crocs if you haven't you're looking at the screen that you'll understand what those are those are they go on your feet they're like slippers they're very comfortable fantasy reality joe you own and wear crocs not the justin bieber's but just crocs in general (sighs) hashtag croc drop tomorrow um I, i will say this i do not own a pair of Crocs, nor have I ever had a pair of Crocs on my feet. I think they're hideous. And I know deep down that if I ever tried them on, they look like they're probably very comfortable and I would probably wear them all the time and be an embarrassment to myself and my children. Therefore, I have never ventured into a Croc in my life and I will try my best to avoid them. But I'm sure deep down, they're probably awesome. And I'm sure that's why they're so popular. They're super comfortable. So uh, I'm going to tell the truth here and say it's a reality. Uh, I, I say it's fantasy. I, I fantasy. do not own a pair of Crocs. How about you? Now, I, I do not own a pair of Crocs, but I will say that I went through probably a full year period of wearing a pair of Crocs, without a doubt. And they are very comfortable. I'm going to say this is probably like eight or nine years ago maybe there were seven. I don't, I don't know. It, w- it was a while ago. 
and I wore them and I wore them every day and they were super comfortable and I wore them out. In fact, I wore them out to the point that there was nothing on the bottom and they were slippery, but I never got another pair after that. And that was it. I just never. In Florida, I can understand it even more. It's always warm. You want your feet to breathe, but you know, in the Northeast here, you know, croc season is only like six months. That's true. There's, there's no croc season in November and December. That's fair. All right. So you can get your Bieber croc tomorrow. You can get your four thread six coming up next. If we get ready to get out of here on this Monday, so make sure you stay with us. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back here on Fantasy Sports Today as we're getting ready to get out of here here on this Monday. We'll be right back here tomorrow at noon, so make sure you tune in. If not live, catch us on demand on our YouTube channel, Sports Grid, and also over on Sports Grid Radio. But before we do leave you here on this Monday and send you off into the night with baseball and, of course, some football tonight, let's turn it over to Joe for the Sports Grid 60. Joe? I had to do a double take today when I saw the passing of Joe Morgan, another baseball legend in a short period of time. What is happening? What is going on? This is crushing for the game. And I started to think about what that day is going to look like next year and years going forward, losing so many of these legends that you look forward to seeing them in their jackets, welcoming in that next class of Hall of Famers. And I know there's some great players going in the Hall of Fame now, but we're losing legends and icons of the game of baseball at an alarming rate in 2020. It's terrible. And it also made me think about what that dais is going to look like going forward and how empty it might be when we forego all these steroid era guys or some of them at the very least who are not going to get in the Hall of Fame and basically an entire generation of players possibly missing some of the greatest to ever play being up on that stage. And my goodness, that stage is going to get emptier and emptier as time goes on. All right, I want to end with a really strange, strange feeling, which is the feeling of the fantasy football owner that doesn't want to root for a guy to get hurt, but is sort of rooting for a guy to get hurt. It's a very odd feeling because in no way, as an example, do you ever want to see something happen to someone like Dalvin Cook getting hurt. But the second Dalvin Cook gets hurt, if you own a player like Alexander Madison, how are you supposed to feel? Are you supposed to feel happy, giddy? Do you not say anything to anyone and just sort of sit back and say, oh, this is good news? It's a very strange dynamic to be involved in that. And the one thing that I would say for anyone is be very careful what you do say on social media, because showing that you're basically rooting for a human being to be injured is probably not the best look. That being said, that's sort of what I'm doing, and it just doesn't feel right. But I know that for my fantasy team, it is. It's a strange dynamic, I'll, just something I'll never get you. That'll do it for the show today. Thanks again to Danny and Brett. For my co-host, Joe Pizzia, I'm Craig Nish. Hope you have a great Monday. We'll talk to you Tuesday at noon Eastern here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.